Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. I'm Micah Chopoli. All right, how's everyone doing? How's everyone doing? Took a day off yesterday. Actually, yesterday I was on assignment. That's what they say whenever they take time off on TV, especially in the sports world. If you watch games, television games, you know, for a sports team, they'll say, this guy is on assignment. Instead of just saying that they've taken some time off, that they have a week off, for some reason they say they're on assignment. Why? These guys aren't going on any assignments, especially these guys who are like 80 years old and are still broadcasting games. They take, you know, they take time off. Some of them don't even travel on the road anymore since COVID. And they'll say, hey, he's on assignment. He's not on assignment. His assignment's what? Sitting on his couch, eating potato chips? There's no assignment. I don't know why they can't just say someone's on vacation. I don't, does that make any sense? But they literally won't. They won't say this person took a week off, had a week off, has, the, has this series off, has this week off. Why? They're allowed to take time off. It's not illegal to take time off. Everyone gets time off. But yes, that's what they say. They always say, they were on assignment. So I was on assignment yesterday. Yeah, I had a really important assignment. You know what I'm saying? Really fought, something really important thing to do. That's why I wasn't here yesterday. I got assigned. I got assigned to do something. You understand? So that's why I wasn't here. But I'm back. I'm back. And I'll be here with you the rest of the week unless I go on another assignment. Um, you know, I was thinking... A lot of people I know who are very smart, but they don't believe uh, some of the or a lot of the Trump uh, charges, you know, and uh, I was thinking to why I was thinking like, did, are there things that the Democrats did, you know, like years ago that might have uh, created distrust in anything they seem? Now, I don't think these uh, charges are Democrat backed. They're not. They're not. And all the people who are going to testify against Trump are Republicans and Trumpers. But there's the, you know, there's that political line, you know, that's it's written in the sand, right? It's like a line in the sand where the Democrats are happy about the charges and believe they're well-deserved majority and majority of Republicans are against them and think they're bullshit. I'm sorry. Yes. So, but uh, I'm trying to think of why there are so many people out there, some Democrats, some former Democrats, and just a lot of people in general around the country who don't really believe a lot of this stuff that's been brought down, even though it's been brought down, as I said, four separate jurisdictions, four very distinctive jurisdictions, four grand juries around the country, over 100 charges. Um. And I think it goes back to Russia, Russia, Russia. Now, we all remember the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, and it was a hoax. And the Democrats didn't just, like, push Russia, Russia, Russia for, for a few months or a year. They pushed it for years and years, and they wouldn't stop. And they went overboard with it to the point where I even knew people who didn't like Trump. And they said, they're going way too overboard on this. There was never any evidence of any collusion with Russia. Trump was never, you know, there was no criminal charges there regarding that whole thing. And we know they're not shy 
about charging Trump with criminal charges when they think it's necessary. So we know that was all garbage, right? And the Democrats really hurt themselves with that Russia, Russia, Russia nonsense, because it's like the boy that cried wolf, right? Now, even though a lot of these charges could be legit, a lot of people just don't believe it because of all these games that the Democrats played for so many years with Trump. Um, and that's their own fault, by the way. That's their own doing, okay? Um, I blame the cult a lot for their, you know, unending uh, trust in Donald J. Trump, right? That they're, that he can do no wrong. And that's, of course, a problem. You know, you have to be able to say, you know what? This person who I like or used to like has done so many things that are not right that I simply can't back them anymore, right? That's like a normal thing that people do. People do it all the time in their lives with relationships, right? Especially with, you know, very emotional relationships. They do it all the time, right? You'll see people who they love each other. They're in love. They adore each other. They want to spend every minute of every day with each other. And a few years later, they hate each other and they're divorced, right? And you, people always say, like, well, how do you, like, go from loving someone so much to despising them? It's not like you go from kind of liking someone to kind of not liking them. You go from love, pure adoration and love. You have children with this person, then you hate them and never want them in your life again. But that happens a lot, right? In fact, more often than not, when relationships go bad, that's the case. Every once in a while you hear, they're still friends. It's rare, okay? So what is that? Why does that happen psychologically? Because that person, and this is always a, a two-way thing, obviously, um, but it, let's, let's just take it from the point of view of one person. The other person did things that turned them off, right? And they'll often say things like, I never saw it coming, right? They were never like that. They changed. Or they'll say something like, you know what? It was always there, but I didn't see it, right? Those are the things you hear when relationships go bad. It was always something. People were always telling me about this person. I didn't believe them because I had blind love for them. But it was always there, and it finally came out. And I woke up. I woke up. But the Trump cult can't wake up. There's no waking up. There really isn't. And I'm not saying they need to go from loving the guy to hating the guy. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying, like, you know, maybe it's time to drop them because you have someone else in your life who you like a lot and you know is going to really be good for you. That's Ron DeSantis, by the way, if you're not getting to where I'm going. I'm sure you are because you're smart. Um, so that's all I'm asking is, like, you know, you, you look at the things someone's done and you say, okay, it's enough. Whether you believe it was always there and you didn't see it, or whether that person just changed for the worst. That's how it happened. It happened. And you need to be able to, in a relationship that's not toxic and codependent, you should be able to rid that person of your life and move on. Yes. I am totally making an analogous between the Trump cult and their love for him and people in relationships, toxic relationships, who can't seem to get out of them or codependent. 
toxic relationships who can't seem to get them. And, and the Trump cult needs Trump and he needs them, right? It's a two-way street there with the codependency. But sometimes you have to just see the things people do and say, you know what? They're not the best person right now. They're not the best person right now. I mean, that a person with four indictments, over 100 charges, facing the rest of his life in jail, um, who is raising money only for himself, only for his own defense, barely campaigning, doesn't talk about issues, doesn't talk about issues, just talks about regrets and being wronged and how awful the country is and how everyone's against him. That's basically what Donald Trump talks about. It's all woe is me. It is. It's all victimization. You very rarely hear Trump talking about the things that Ron DeSantis talks about. You hardly ever hear him talking about real issues. Hardly ever hear him talking about immigration. Hardly ever hear him talking about abortion. Hardly ever hear him talking about the woke mind virus. Hardly ever hear him talking about COVID lockdowns and mandates, maybe because he was for them and pushed them. But he doesn't talk about any of these issues. He doesn't. Rarely does he ever talk about the economy, your wallet, my wallet. doesn't talk about that stuff. It's always about him and how he was wronged and how everything's been stolen from him. It's time to move away from this and realize that maybe this is not the best person to fight this fight next November, right? Maybe there's a better person to fight this fight next November. I believe that's Ron DeSantis. A new poll just came out showing that two-thirds of the country would either probably not or definitely not vote for Trump in a general election. Two out of every three people said they were either most likely or definitely not vote for Donald Trump if he was to be the nominee. Now, remember, you have to contrast that with what Ron DeSantis just did in Florida, right, where he got people who never voted Republican in their lives to vote for a Republican, right? Where he turned a purple state deep red. Look at that, okay? And compare that to what people believe about Donald Trump right now and what they would do if he were the nominee. Uh, it's, it's, it's a stark contrast. It really is. It's a stark contrast. And we know that it's all about beating Joe Biden. And that's when Rhonda McDaniel talked about the loyalty pledge. It's not like a you know, loyalty to to each other. It's loyalty to defeating Biden. That's basically what it comes down to. That loyalty pledge is I'm going to back the eventual winner of the uh, primary because it's all about beating Biden. And I want to beat Joe Biden. We should all, every Republican should be about defeating the Democratic nominee who will most likely be Joe Biden, right? That's the whole idea of that loyalty pledge. Loyalty to defeating Joe Biden, not being loyal to Ron DeSantis, not being loyal to the RNC, not being loyal to Chris Christie or whoever it may be, being loyal to defeating Joe Biden. Now, a, a person who's sane would say, of course, I'll sign that. Of course, that's what I want to do. But once again, proving that Donald Trump's not about what's best for the people, not about what's best for the country or his party. He's about what's best for him. What's best for him is to stay in this so he can raise money for his defense fund. And he proves it because every time 
is an indictment or a charge and he raises money off of it. So he's raising money to stay alive, basically, stay out of jail, right? To pay his lawyers. It's about him, it's not about the country. It's about him. And it's always about him. And that's a sociopath, right? They make everything about themselves. And they have uh, the ability often to draw other people in, an innate ability to draw other people in um, and believe that they care about them when they really, when they really don't. And so the stark contrast is something that someone who's clear-minded like myself can see, right? Clear-minded. And you look at actions of people, right? Now, Trump is always saying he's this real tough guy, right? He WWF, he fights, he, he does his rallies as though he's a WWF fighter. Even with his body language when he's doing a rally, you'll see him up there on the podium. He does this thing that no one else does, which he does a, a 360, okay? He does a 360 on the stage. You know, that's like a WWF wrestler does. You know, when they put their arms out and they're standing in the middle of the ring and they just turn around and they do the 360 to the crowd with their arms out and the crowd either cheers or jeers them, whatever, if they're a good guy or a bad guy. That's what Donald Trump does. So he's this big, tough guy. He's this big, tough guy. Yet he's afraid to debate. Okay? And so he's afraid to debate. And now I hear he's sending surrogates. He's not going to go to the bait, but he's sending surrogates there to spin things for him afterward. Now, this is the definition of a coward, of a pussy, right? He's not going to show up, but he's going to send people there to spin what other people on that stage say, because he's too cowardly to be there. He's too cowardly to be there. And this should be another sign to people that Trump is not fit to be president and doesn't even want to. He doesn't want to go through the, the, the rigmarole of debate prep and debating. He doesn't want to because he doesn't really want to be president. He doesn't need, in other words, Donald Trump is doing what he needs to do just to stay in the race and raise money. And he doesn't need to debate to raise money. All he needs, <laughs> what, what does Donald Trump need to raise money to get indicted? That's all he needs to raise money is to get indicted. And he doesn't really want to be president anymore. So what else he's doing is he's putting out fake polls. Um, he's putting out fake polls. And we know they're fake because remember, this is a guy, you go back to Michael Cohen in 2019, where he admitted that he faked polls for Trump. He apologized for it. He faked polls for the Trump campaign. And so we know this is a history of Donald Trump. He has people fake polls for him. And, uh, what is faking polls when you've tried to fake electors? When you've tried to fake electors, which is a criminal activity, why not fake polls, which is not a criminal activity? It's nothing to him, it's child's play. So he fakes polls to make it look like he's unbeatable. When we know that internal polls have leaked that show him hemorrhaging voters in uh, Iowa and also New Hampshire, where he's now down in the low 30s in New Hampshire, DeSantis is in the 20s, and Christie has hit the high single digit. So where Trump was 30, 40 points ahead in New Hampshire not too long ago. So we know the truth is that Trump is losing. Every day he's losing more and more support. Every day more and more people are thinking, now, some people might be coming around to the idea that a lot of these charges are real. But I think even more people are just saying, regardless, it's, it's, we're not going to win with this guy. He can't win. A general election so 
regardless of the fact if we believe the charges are real or made up or mostly made up or whatever it may be, he can't win a general election. And the bottom line is to win a general election. So they're dumping him. And that's right. That's the right thing to do, to dump the guy because you want to win. And so there's been some criticism of Ron DeSantis, which is not really maybe doing what I've been doing, which is saying the charges are real. Some of these charges can be real. Let, in other words, or just saying that it's interesting that four different jurisdictions, four grand juries and four different jurisdictions, very different makeup of people all over the country have decided that over 100 charges have enough evidence to go to trial. And now let, let the jury decide what's what, right? So a lot of people are saying, Ron DeSantis should stop basically saying this is the weaponization of the, of the Department of Justice. He should stop just dismissing it as total weaponization of the Department of Justice and do maybe more of what like uh, Chris Christie's doing, which is saying, you know, a lot of these charges have a lot of legs and uh, and that Trump is, uh, you know, uh, a crook. You know, he should not have, you know, tried to overturn an election. And uh, I, I'm not too sure about that, though. I think Ron DeSantis's job is simply to show why he's a better general election candidate than Donald Trump. That's it. Why am I a better general election candidate? I don't think it's up to him to adjudicate these charges, to say whether he thinks they're legit or not, or which ones are legit and which ones aren't legit. Okay? Um, I think his job is to do exactly what he's doing, which is just show the voters in the party that he is the best positioned candidate to defeat Joe Biden, period. Right? And um, that's his job, basically. And I think that's what he's doing. I mean, yeah. Do I, would I rather him come out stronger and say, you know what, with this smoke, this fire, and Trump brings a lot of this stuff on himself, and the things I say all the time, sure. But I don't think that's his job. His job is simply to show people why he's better situated to take on Biden than Donald Trump. I think that's what he's doing. And I think he's doing it very methodically, very methodically. And also, of course, criticizing Trump on real issue stuff, right? Such as COVID and the draining of the swamp, which he never did. And the lying about the wall, not not following through on promises, you know, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. Like like when he was just on Laura Ingram, and Laura Ingram brought up Christopher Ray. He brought up Christopher Ray. He said, "On day one, I'll fire Christopher Ray." Uh, and Laura Ingram said, "Well, don't you think President Trump would do it also? Because obviously, he's got a lot of skin in the game. He has a lot of reason to fire Christopher Ray." And, DeSantis came back very quickly with, well, he didn't fire him in three years. He had three years to fire him. When he was president, he didn't. So what do you th makes you think he'd do it now? So it's that kind of thing where it's like Trump's full of shit, a lot of bluster. He also brought up the Hillary Clinton thing, okay, which I brought up, which is that if you claim that she was so corrupt, right, if you're claiming you're the, you're the victim, they always go after you. Well, when you had the chance to go after her, you had the bully pulpit. You were president. You had the DOJ. Why didn't you follow up on your campaign promise? 
which was going after Hillary. Why two weeks after you took office in February of, of 2017, did you say, well, we're just going to, that was the campaign. Eh, we're going to drop that. So all of these lies that Donald Trump tells in order to win elections is what Ron DeSantis is putting the holes in, putting the holes in. So in other words, if he said he was going to do it then and didn't, why would you believe him now? And that's what he's doing. And I think he'll win that way. You know, I think, once again, it's a very methodical process of only also of the idea of it's a marathon. And this is this is all come down to the survival of the fittest who can outlast everyone else. And we know that Trump is hemorrhaging major donors because they don't want to throw money at someone they know can't win. So he's hemorrhaging major donors. It's going to DeSantis. Trump's going broke. And the others aren't going to raise enough money as this goes on to stay in the race. So it'll drop down to, you know, five candidates, three candidates. And the idea for Ron DeSantis is for it to drop down to him and Trump if Trump survives that long. And that's the best bet for DeSantis to have a one-on-one with Trump with no one else involved in this. Um, and there's also a lot of talk, and this makes sense, that a lot of the other I – mean, Vivek for sure is up Trump's ass. There's no doubt about it. He's in this to help Trump or to help himself if Trump were to be the nominee. Um, but also really – I think he's really in this to, to take Trump's sloppy seconds once he drops out of the race. But also Chris Christie and the others are there because they want to either ensure a Trump – presidency or what of course would lead to a biden second term so they can run in 2028 they're going to get all this publicity now they don't want DeSantis to win because then they got to wait till 2032 which will be too late probably for someone like chris christie so they would rather see trump be the nominee worst case scenario biden wins again the seats open in 28 and remember if it's biden versus trump the seat's open in 2028, no matter who wins again. So everyone has their kind of self. It seems like everyone except Ron DeSantis has their incredibly selfish reasons for being in, right? Christie and the others, we want to be able to run in 28, make it open seat. Vivek, I want Trump's sloppy seconds and his endorsement and his cult if he has to drop out or also run in 2028. He's a very young guy. DeSantis seems to be in it like to win now. And to actually do real things, basically, very simply, to do things for the country that he did for Florida. And also try to unite the country the way he united voters in Florida, right? The way he united Democrats and Republicans, right? The way he united, uh, uh, you know, independents and, uh, and Democrats and Republicans and, and Latinos and blacks and whites and suburban voters and rural voters to vote for him and get behind him. And it's that kind of unity that makes Florida kind of a very um, peaceful place in a way, right? Because everyone there is behind Ron DeSantis. So that's the idea. It stopped the infighting, the constant infighting. Have someone that m more people from all walks of life can, can, can get behind. And that brings sort of a peace as well. So that's what he's trying to do here. That's what he's trying to do here. Once again, 
we can argue, and I'll continue to argue, I believe these charges are, are good charges, real charges, solid charges that he will get, a, a, um, that they'll get a guilty verdict on, on enough of them to put him in jail for life. But notwithstanding all of that, did you see that they're looking to make March 4th? So they're looking to make January 2nd, the trial for the federal January 6th case, the Jack Smith case, and March 4th, the trial for the Georgia case, okay? January 2nd is two weeks before Iowa. March 4th is Monday, March 4th. I just got my little election notice. The day before, Tuesday, March 5th, which is the California. I believe it's also Super Tuesday. It was the California primary. So Trump's going to have to be embroiled in all these court cases. How many people out there could deal with one court case where their life is on the line and also like do all this other, go to work, do normal life. No, most people, when their life is on the line, when they're facing spending the rest of their life in jail, they are going to have to, they're going to have to put all their energy into that, right? And he's got four of these things and looks like at least two of them, he's going to have to face right in the middle of primary season. So, how does that person concentrate on winning a primary, work on winning a primary? Do anything that goes above just him resting on his laurels and his name and his cult. And that's what he's counting on. Trump is counting on not having to do any real campaigning. He hasn't. He went to Iowa State Fair for 45 minutes where the other candidates were there all day, which is the norm, because he feels, he truly feels, that his name and his cult will carry him through. He doesn't have to do all those rallies he did in 2016 and also 2020 until COVID hit. He didn't have to do all those rallies anymore. Doesn't have to do all these things the other candidates have to do, like state fairs and debates and all the campaigning that's gonna have to go on in the winter, the fall and winter. He doesn't think he has to do any of that stuff. So that's how he would answer me. Well, I don't have to do that stuff, Mike. I don't I can't I can be in court because my cult will make sure I win. They got my back. So that's what he's counting on. I, I don't believe that's going to work because I don't believe his cult is enough and, to carry him through. And also that cult is, is slowly but surely being deprogrammed as we go through this process. There are people who are leaving. OK, so the cult's not as strong as it was four years ago, eight years ago. Or four months, or four months ago, it's getting weaker and weaker as we go through this process, and that'll continue to get weaker as people watch these debates with or without him and see Ron DeSantis. So it, it's impossible for him to win. He can't win. He can't win. And then remember, talk, we talk about general elections are most important. You have to win that, right? So his cult. Even if he were correct and they could carry him through the primary, they're not going to carry him through a general election. <laughs> and he's going to have to still go through all of this legal crap, maybe even with a conviction or two by that point, and run for president <laughs> in a general election. And then he's actually going to have to run and campaign. It's impossible. It's it's absolutely insane to think this guy will end up in the White House again. This guy is never going to end up in the Oval Office again. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. 
And once again, if you are a Trumper, cult or not, your best revenge against these horrible Democrats and Department of Justice that you hate is to get Ron DeSantis in there, who says he's going to de-weaponize the Department of Justice. And I'm sure we've had this discussion last week, a couple days ago. Um, Ron DeSantis will, will pardon Donald Trump. And the reasons will be, as I said, I think they're real reasons that he's an 80 plus year old man, not in good shape, former president, doesn't have that much longer to live anyway. And it's not good for the morale of the country to see this guy rotting away in jail, to see a former president rotting away in jail. And he's going to say, as president, he's going to say, I'm not absolving him of these crimes. I'm not saying that he wasn't guilty of them. The jury was wrong or that it was rigged. But the fact is, I don't want to see, and I don't think the country in overall wants to see this guy rotting away in jail. So I'm going to pardon him. That's exactly what Ron DeSantis is going to say. So if you're a Trumper, it's really simple. If you really care about this guy, not that I understand why, but if you really do, you should want to elect someone who's going to be able to keep him out of jail, dying in jail. If you really care about him, that's what you should be for. I think little by little, they're actually seeing that. Little by little, they're seeing how DeSantis can win, which of course will destroy the Democrats, bring in a Republican House and Senate, which will destroy the Democrats. It'll keep the Supreme Court conservative, which will destroy the Democrats. And also make sure their guy doesn't spend the rest of his life in jail. And I think that's what people, it just takes time. Remember, the cult is uh, very strong and uh, the hold he's had on this cult is uh, very strong. So it's not going to go away overnight. People are insane. They're like, oh my God. It's like, oh, DeSantis enters the race overnight. People are going to drop Trump. That's just not realistic. The guy was the president. You know, he got 74 million votes, the second most in the history of the country, the most ever for a Republican. So to say that everyone's just going to drop him at once is not realistic. It would have been great, but it's not realistic. It has to it, it has to be a chip away process, right? And the campaigning in Iowa, New Hampshire, hitting every county, they're doing the state fairs, they're doing the debates. All the stuff is how you chip away and chip away and chip away and chip away. And that's what Ron DeSantis is is doing, I believe. Um, Yeah, I'll get to you in one second, Jack. Um, What do I want to say? There are a few stories I pulled up. One is, you know, it's very funny. I was on the phone with my friend from New York last night. And I said, uh, the mobsters that I knew in New York hated Rudy Giuliani with a passion, even though he was this Republican conservative mayor who cleaned up the streets and, you know, uh, did great for New York. Jack, you can go back in queue if you want. Um, they hated him, right, because he went after the mob, right? He's an Italian-American himself who went after the mob and often did so voraciously. I mean, voraciously when it went after the mob. And so they hated him. And I said to him, boy, those guys would be thrilled with this indictment. Remember, Rudy Giuliani 
used the RICO statute against the mob to put mobsters away for life, right? And now he's charged with the RICO statute. They would be thrilled. So this is what I said to my friend yesterday. What do I see on my feed today? They're thrilled. I swear to God. It says they're thrilled. New York City mobsters are jubilant after <laughs> Rudy Giuliani's indictment. Um, in the wake of Giuliani's Fulton County indictment alongside Trump regarding efforts to overturn the 2020 election, New York City mobsters are reportedly rejoicing. Speaking to the messenger, veteran mob lawyer Murray Richmond said that while most mobsters tend to be fans of Trump, they have no love for Giuliani due to the fact that he was mainly responsible for breaking the back of the New York mob back in the 80s when he was a federal prosecutor. You can quote me to say they're fucking thrilled, Richmond said, adding that he's spoken to some of his clients on the matter. All of them are almost unified in their position of hating fucking Rudy, he said, adding though he was though he thought Giuliani was a horrible, dishonest prosecutor and the wheel of karma is about to crush him. Making their joy even sweeter, criminal accounts against Giuliani include a racketeering charge that used to bring down to New York City gangsters, as I said, the RICO charge. Defense lawyer Jeffrey Lichtman, who reportedly, who represented the son of Gambino crime family boss John Gotti, said, all of my clients who had the misfortune of being prosecuted by him are laughing now, as am I. I'm thrilled that Rudy will now experience what it feels like to be on the wrong end of a RICO prosecution with a mandatory five years in prison. Giuliani used the federal RICO which, by the way, stands for Racketeer Influence in Corrupt Organizations Statute, to prosecute the Mafia Commission case, which led to 100-year sentences for three mob bosses and four of their associates. The commission was essentially a kind of underworld board of directors, held by the heads of the five crime families in New York that handed down decisions and conducted mediations involving the inner politics and workings of the mob. On Tuesday, Giuliani called the case against him a ridiculous application of the RICO statute. He was indicted alongside Trump and 17 others on Monday. So they're happy. And they should be happy. Because Rudy, look, Rudy and Donald, people from New York know this. People outside New York probably don't as much. Have been friends for a very long time. A long time. Now going back to Trump's business dealings. Trump is a crook and so is Rudy. Rudy's a scumbag and Trump's a scumbag, which is why they love each other. Scumbags often do love each other. So Giuliani was this, was this vicious prosecutor who he himself as a prosecutor bent the law, went around the law, found ways to bend the law to get prosecutions, especially of the mob. And of course, Rudy prosecuted these mobsters, but Rudy never once ever looked into Donald Trump's business affairs in New York. And we know that Donald Trump's business affairs in New York were not on the level, but Rudy never looked into that, right? Because Trump was his friend, went after the mobsters, but never dared went after Donald Trump. And so they deserve each other. They actually deserve to be in a cell together. If it was up to me, they'd be in a cell together, rotting away in jail for a very long time. So even though Rudy was the kind of mayor 
that conservative Italian Americans, which the mobsters are, um, would love. They absolutely despised him and didn't want him to be mayor of New York. Um, And now he's getting, I mean, this is really, uh, this is like total vindication. You can't get more. In the twilight zone, you couldn't write this, right? That this guy who used this RICO statute to put people in jail for hundreds of years is now being charged with that same with that same statute because he was basically playing underboss for Donald Trump. If you read through the indictments on January 6th stuff, he was basically Donald Trump's number one underboss. Threatening people, pulling arms, twisting arms, pip pulling arms, pulling pull my finger, twisting arms, threatening people, using illegal channels to try to get the 2020 election overturned. And so Rudy's also in the, in, in the situation where he could go to jail for the rest of his life. Now, here's the question. And I've asked this, and I need to find a legal expert, not to give opinions about things, really, but to give some factual details. What what kind of, well, I guess it's kind of opinion, but I think there's some legalese that goes along with this. What is like, if you're one of these prosecutors, if you're Smith or the one in Georgia, what is there for you? What does Rudy, let's say Rudy, have to bargain with, right? Would you, you have all these other co-conspirators that you're going after. You have all these other people who will testify against Trump. What kind of bargaining chips does Rudy have? If they felt that everyone under Rudy weren't enough to get Trump convicted, then I guess Rudy would have some chips in this to play. But I don't think he does because there are so many others that can legitimately testify, believable people who can testify against Trump. So if I'm a prosecutor, I'm guessing I want both of them. There is no bargaining for Rudy Giuliani. Now, I think he'd flip on Trump in a second if it meant staying out of jail. But do they need that from him? I don't think they do. Maybe a legal expert could tell me differently. Donald Trump, let's say. What kind of plea bargain would there be that would satisfy prosecutors? All these charges, they want him in jail. Not running. If he decides to drop his campaign, that's not a plea bargain. They don't give a shit about that. Well, he's giving up his right to run for president. The 330 million other Americans never do. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, it's silly. And they know he's a loser anyway. He's not going to win. So I don't think that just him saying, I'm going to drop my campaign is enough. And there's another reason why that wouldn't be enough. Because if that was enough, then it would have looked purely political. Right. Then it would give validity to the people who say, well, they just don't want Trump to be president again. So even though I think, of course, that's total bullshit, they're doing it in part to make sure that he does win the nomination because they know he's such a poison in the general election. So they're not afraid of him winning again. So him just dropping his campaign can't be enough. So I don't think Trump has any bargaining chips. I mean, admitting he's guilty. Sure. But that happens all the time. People plead guilty, but they still get 
they still get prison time. They just get less prison time than if they had not and have found guilty. So I think there's no bargaining chip that Trump has to stay out of jail. And I don't see any real bargaining chip, chip that Giuliani has to stay out of jail. In fact, I'm sure there are people below Giuliani, some of these co-conspirators and other people that were charged in Georgia, that are more believable than Giuliani, more honest than Giuliani, which are better witnesses than Giuliani would be. So I don't see the bargaining chip either of these guys have to stay out of jail for a very long time and at their age the rest of their lives. There might be more bargaining if they were 40 years old, right? And you're facing either the rest of your life in jail or 10 years in jail. Then I can see some kind of plea bargaining going on. But at their age, what plea bargain is going to keep them out of jail until they die? There is none. So I think what these prosecutors want are convictions, and they want them both to go to jail for the rest of their lives. Jack Smith is now looking. Oh, this is an old, is it an old thing? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why did I pull this up? I have no idea. You got to read the dates, people. Always read the dates. Always read the dates. Okay. Yeah. That's the annoying thing. I mean, I'm reading the story about the mob, which was written today. And then at the bottom of it, it has a link. And it says, Jack Smith looks to hit Trump with up to 45 new charges. And it's written two months ago. The charges came through already. So why are they putting a link from two months ago at the bottom of an article that was written today. It makes you believe that those links are linking to current articles. That makes zero. Okay, and here's the, it makes zero sense anyway. Now here's another old article. But this is interesting. This was written in February, right? This was written in, back in February of this year. And the title of the article is In a World of Hurt. Rudy Giuliani likely to be indicted in Fulton case, according to a uh, former federal prosecutor. So this guy, Harry Littman, said back in February that Giuliani would be indicted in Georgia, and he just was indicted in Georgia. Here's, here's the guy that seems to know what he's talking about. He was certainly right. And the reason he said that is... That phone call is part of it. Um, and also, that phone call is part of the reason, I guess, why Meadows and other stuff, that Meadows was indicted. Now, of course, they're trying to claim that Meadows was Trump's chief of staff and was just simply connecting phone calls, right? Connecting phone calls. But I think that uh, I don't know. I'd like to know what any kind of bargaining chips this guy might have you know i don't know i have no clue i think he's just in a lot of trouble i think that's what it comes down to but look as i said on monday you can be of the mindset that the Democrats are not trustworthy, right? There was the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff, as I spoke about. And you can hate Democrats because of the last three years. 
I'm on your side, as you know. No one despises Democrats after what they did to us over the last 36 to 40 months than me. No one. I'm on record for two years. But you can believe that and also look at these charges and know Donald Trump and understand who Donald Trump is. And say, yes, I don't like Democrats, but I also believe these charges. The two things are not mutually exclusive. They're not. Period. You can believe there's been a lot of election mishigas over the last how many decades. And we've all been talking about this stuff. You can believe that. But at the same time, you can also believe that Donald Trump is guilty of, of these things. Once again, they're not mutually exclusive. The problem is, is like when you have people <clears throat> on the right, such as like uh, Jim Jordan, and they're coming out right away, they, they feel they have to come out and defend Trump. Why they do that? Because he's a Republican, even though he's a fake Republican. I don't know why they don't see that. Yeah, in a way, they're afraid of his cult. But in a way, the reasons why they have to back Trump up is because they feel they can't give Democrats any satisfaction. And that's what a lot of people I know are doing. They don't want to give the Democrats any satisfaction because they hate them so much. So they have to say this is all bullshit, that there's nothing to it. And that's so intellectually disingenuous. Once again, you can be a Republican. You can not like Democratic Party. You can hate what they did over the last three years. You can hate a lot of things about them and still say Donald Trump is a criminal scumbag. But so many people can't seem to do that. It's got to be all or nothing. It's got to be all or nothing. Not with me. I don't think with anybody who's a clear-minded person who can say the Democrats, the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff was terrible, disgusting. The, the uh, Hunter Biden laptop stuff that they hid was terrible, disgusting. What they did during COVID was awful and illegal and criminal. And yeah, Trump is also a crook. Yeah, the Democrats are crooks and, and Trump is also a crook. How about that? How about we agree on that? Simply by looking at, 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 at what's going on, at the charges, right? Looking at the evidence that they have, right? Looking at all the people they have who will testify against him, who voted for him twice. Not Democrats, not Bernie Sanders. Not AOC. <laughs> and see that he's in a lot of trouble. He's in a lot of trouble. And that he's not going to get off. He's not going to get off. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Good, Mike. How are you? Can we try to talk tonight? Of course. All right. Okay. Jack. Jack left. Jack left. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um, okay. The crime, the idea that Trump overturned an honest election, like let's do a thought experiment. If you and I were just talking about Biden and Trump was in a vacuum, we we're just talking about the Biden situation with the DOJ, IRS, the Georgia voting machine report covered up, yada, yada, yada. The, the crime's already been established in the election rigging and deception of the electorate. So the idea that Trump is attempting, knowingly lying and conspiring to overturn what he thinks is an honest election is untenable. It's unprovable. That's 
not just upheld by me, Glenn Greenwald, Robert Barnes, who you respect. And that's something that it seems to me, I listen, you know, Trump's prior crimes, by the way, are not relevant in this indictment. I believe uh, the system has failed by not putting him in jail before and the Bidens. But those are separate issues. They're not, in other words, prior to this election, mm-hmm. whatever the Bidens have done since. It is impeachable that the, the Republicans are trying to impeach Biden for those things and point out the DOJ was conspiring with the IRS and da 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 to cover this all up. So I'm just trying to be objective. I, I loathe both Biden and Trump. You know that. I'm for, I'd rather see DeSantis and, uh, 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 RFK Jr. get together and run this country. So I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Um, as far as the points I'm making, uh, again, I per- attorney Robert Burns, uh, he's on Viva Free. He doesn't go to Fox. And also Glenn Greenwald at the end of the string of, um, links I put in, uh, in system update, him making mm-hmm. the point that I was trying to make last night, just if you can, Glenn made it. He's just saying when Trump made that call, when he's believing the election's rigged and there may be hundreds of thousands of, of votes, for him to say, get me 14,000, his mindset's important if you're going to look at charging him with a crime, and that's called men's right. Yeah. So you're looking at it from the perspective he's trying to turn over an honest, legitimate election, or some people looking at it that way. So it's not just about the but we went through this before. I, I disagree with you on the call. I think it was like a mobster trying to strong arm someone. That's the way I heard it. And that's, that's the, way, the way you heard it. And that's the way 12 people on the jury might hear it too, Bill. They may. But they might. So, but the fact of the matter is, is that it's not just a phone call. I mentioned that yesterday. It's the phone call with all the other evidence on top of it. It's not. Like the people what? Who wanted, wait, the people who wanted to, all the email, there were like, there were like 30,000 emails that were going back and forth from its co-conspirators trying to do the same thing, telling people we need to install stake electors. They have it on record. Bill, they have it in writing. People saying we're going to install stake fake electors. They have the fake electors saying Trump and his co-conspirators were setting it up to make them fake electors to overturn the election. It's not just about a phone call. The They're saying fake the electors call, are alternative electors. The phone electors. call was setting up all the fake elector stuff that Trump and his co-conspirators were going to also set up behind the scenes that you don't hear about in an audio call, but that they have in text, emails, and through people who are going to testify to the juries that this is exactly what they were doing. So Did it's they like, use like fake I, electors? Bill, wait a minute. Like I said, it's like when you have a phone call of a mobster saying, yeah, we're going to do this thing tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. That's not enough. Even Giuliani knew that wouldn't be enough to get a mobster convicted. But with so many other pieces of evidence and people willing to testify against the mobsters that the guy told them to kill people, that's how they got them. So this is the same thing. You know, go th- Bill, you should go through it yourself, not just listen to Glenn Greenwald, who I like, or the other guy who you like, Barnes. Go through all of these charges, all of these acts, everything yourself. I mean, it's about... 500 pages. But if you go through it, you see it's not just about a phone call. They've been investigating this. We've known about the phone call for years. They've been investigating this for three years since that phone call. 
So they have so much stuff on him. There's so much there that it's going to be very difficult for him to find 12 jurors in four, if not five or six, very distinctive jurisdictions that most of them lean far left for him to be acquitted on every single of the 120 charges. So all I'm saying is they have a lot of stuff here. They have a lot. Um, and they haven't hold back. They're throwing it all out there. And it's going to be very difficult for him to beat this. If I'm a lawyer, I'm saying, even if I'm a lawyer on his side and I love him and I think he's innocent, I'm going to say, hey, baby, it's going to be very tough for you to beat this. So it, it, I don't know why we keep arguing this. I'm just trying. I'm to not say, arguing. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to stay within pace. reality. I'm just trying to stay within reality here. I'm trying to get clear with you, Mike. Are you saying that the emails saying let's install fake electors or alternate electors? There's fake. a difference. No, not alternative. Fake. Alternative is standard operating procedure when it's you're looking for a recount. Standard operating procedure. It's when fake. you but when you're looking for a recount, they're not fake. It's it, Mike. Mike Kachopoli, I, I want you to say you're my elector when you're not, all right? I want you to say you're my elector when you're actually Biden's elector, all right? And that's what I want you to do. Oops. Or if you're nobody's Biden's elector, elector. You pretend to be my elector, okay? And Trump. present this and say, look, no, no, we're the, Trump got more electors, not Biden. Trump got more electors. I mean, this is what you can do in this, in this electoral college system. Isn't it amazing? This is something you could not do. <laughs> if it was just a popular vote situation. But with this electoral college situation, you can go into each state and say, okay, how many fake electors do we have to come up with to win that state? And if we do it in three well, states, we can overturn the election, basically. Once again, obviously, something you could never do if it went yeah, like you're, you're not. You're missing the point I'm trying to make that these other parties are making, that Glenn and Barnes are making, is that... Trump believing, and I, I do believe he believes it, and I believe the election was pre-rigged by the Democrats, then him, if you keep that in mind, then his actions are looked at in a different light by, by Glenn and Barnes. That's all I'm pointing out. If, if an insane person believes something, you can't say, well, their insane mindset makes it okay for them to break it's not, the law. Yeah, but that's not relevant. Whether you think he's criminal in the past or insane, the point is that both Gwen and Barnes, are, you have two other rational people, one you believe in. Yeah, I know. But Glenn also is like has this worldview that they've always been out to get Donald Trump from day one, and everything they've done is bullshit, and he's a totally innocent guy, bad president, but never criminal. So Glenn Greenwald believes that. I don't. I don't know that he believes that. What he points out is the criminal justice system has never – Helen McConnell for a crime. That's a failure in the criminal justice system. Yes, I know. It is. That, that's that's horrible failure. And the same thing with the Bidens. Right. So, you know, the, 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 that just shows how corrupt our criminal justice system is. And then people like uh, uh, Steve Dozinger gets charged with a quasi-criminal charge, put, put an anklet for 940 days and in jail without a jury. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's how corrupt the courts are. So, uh, you know how I see that, and myself included. I mean, I never committed a crime that they put me away for two months pretrial and then finally let me out. Um, that kind of thing may have made your 
believe certain things that aren't true. That's all. I'm I'm sorry about that. I know, but that that kind of warps your worldview. Like I said, no, it doesn't. It's sure just does. a matter of fact. I was reporting crimes, and I was charged four times with crimes, and never got anything to stick. I finally got them all dismissed. The pretrial incarceration was completely illegal. There's not one email when I'm reporting the crimes of Catholic Church, Mike. And I'm thanked by the Attorney General of New York for doing that. I haven't committed a crime that the Rape Crisis Center could have me arrested for. Right. That's preposterous. And it's been corroborated on the priest that sexually assaulted me, sexually assaulted other people. And I was referred to Dutch Law to talk settlement. So, whoa, whoa. It's not about it warping my view. It's about the corrupt prosecutors here and in many other states that don't hold the Catholic Church pedophiles and pederasts for criminal charges. That's the issue. I know, but so, you, don't have to, you don't have to then think that everything they do is bullshit. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, if you study our judicial system regarding very rarely is a corrupt... You ever hear the Curtis Flowers case? Everyone in jail is innocent? 994% of the people in prison never had a trial, Mike. Okay. And we have the largest in, incarceration, the highest... Wait, let me finish. You want to talk about prison. Ridiculously high, yes. We have the highest incarceration rate of any country, four times out of China per 100,000. Do you think just want to put people in jail? Are we talking about our prison system in general now? Yes. Our prison system is, well, the, the numbers bear out that people are overcharged. I, I was told I was going to go to jail for a year and a half. They're trying to extort me to take a plea bargain. Yeah. While I was reporting crimes, not only that, the DOJ indicted the CPA my father's probate matter. He went to prison. I was reporting and litigating that. Defense attorneys aren't ready for this. Defense attorneys, aren't good defense attorneys aren't good enough to point out these holes to juries. Juries are too dumb. To are you talking about in my case? In general, Bill, what you're talking about. Our well, in my, with public defenders are notoriously corrupt, and that's the problem in our system, along with prosecutors. That's not... I do want to read. Is there anything else you want to say about the Trump thing? Well, if we go to the Trump matter, I, I, I'm going to stay with the premise. We could agree to disagree for now. We'll see how it plays out. First of all, proof beyond a reasonable doubt means you have to get everybody on that jury to agree. Otherwise, you get a hung jury. No kidding. So it's not about the majority. It's I about. said that. I said it's about 12, getting 12. 12 of 12. 12 have to agree that he knowingly mens ray, actus ray, sought to overturn an honest election. I don't see how that can be upheld when the election well, was clearly rigged. Charges through these four indictments. It's not the only charge. They're the all the, They're little the, subcharges that have the to subcharges are relevant to the premise that Trump knowingly, willingly was attempting to overturn what he no, believed was a, an honest, he's an honest election. He's an honest broker who honestly thought he was. I didn't see it, yeah, but that didn't, that's a separate issue. He's been corrupt. He should have been put in jail before. So is the Bidens. You get two criminal families acting here and the DOJ looking <laughs> they're gonna to have, protect. They're going to have like 30, 40, 50 people, maybe 100 people saying he told us to overturn this we had to do what of we course had to do wouldn't you you're a politician mike let's let's put it in your lap you're a politician this is, this is why i think this is why i think this is all full of shit bill and you'll prove me when it happens when donald trump is convicted on whatever it may be one charge or five thousand charges you're going to come back here and you're going to tell me the jury is rigged 
right? Well, Mike, the, the Curtis Flowers went, went to jail. With you on he was he, Curtis Flowers is illegally prosecuted six times. The Flowers case, you can study it. He went to jail for decades, and it was all rigged and it was all false. Right, so it's all rigged, Bill. Everything. I didn't say that. I'm saying there are cases that happen. Guilty. It's all rigged. Everyone wants to. Okay, you can't have a rational discussion here. His, I am trying to be as objective as possible. I'm asking you a question. If a jury act with guilty verdicts, will you come back here and say Trump is guilty and I trust the jury? It will be appealed. Clearly, it will be appealed. You didn't answer my question directly. If it goes through, Bill, the jails are full. The people. Who are appealing? That's he's he's not going to be. You watch; they're not going to get twelve people to agree consistently. That's not going to happen. Number okay, one, that means he's going to be found either not guilty or a hundred and twenty charges. It's every. It doesn't matter how many charges there are. Mike, saying is four juries, maybe five, maybe six in six or seven different jurisdictions are either going to find him not guilty or all of those juries are going to be hung. I'm telling you, almost every jury will find him guilty on okay. at least a few counts. Now, what I'm asking you is, will you trust the jury's decision? Because they're going to see the fucking evidence, Bill. Not me, not you. They're going to see all if, the evidence. If it goes through the appellate and after that, and oh, he has this it, opportunity... Oh, yes, no, okay, come back to me in 2097, and then you'll admit... So what you're saying well, there's another you're way to look at this, Mike. If, no, if, if there's, you're not going to trust what the jury says because you never trust juries because they all just want to indiscriminately say that. innocent Americans into prison. I didn't say that either. You're conflating everything. I didn't say that. Those are your words. Yeah, so he will be appealing it from a jail right. cell just the way all these other people that, in jail that, cells are appealing their... They all, criminals always appeal, and they usually lose. You know why? Because they're guilty. That's no, why. that's not why. There's yes, a lot of people why. who've been yes, put to why, death. Bill. Most people in jail are guilty, Bill. That's 94% not... of people in prison are not innocent, Bill. Let's not sound like a fucking moron. 94% of the people who were put in prison never had a trial, why Mike. They, they pled out. All right, Bill. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they pled out because they were guilty. That's why. That's why they plead out, Bill, because they're guilty. If you're not guilty, you don't plead out. Otherwise, you're a fucking idiot. Okay? If you're not guilty, you don't say you're guilty of something whether it's in life or in a courtroom, period. <sighs> this is what I mean about past prejudices, prejudices we have in general, making us sound like morons on this issue, making people sound like fucking idiots on this issue, defending this fucking career criminal. He was a criminal in fucking business. Why would he not then be a criminal in politics? He was always a criminal. Shenanigans, behind the scenes shenanigans and criminal activities in business. Why would he not that continue that when he became the most powerful person in the fucking world? Criminals, criminal element, become more criminal, more powerful they get. Mobsters don't become less criminal the more powerful they get. They become more criminal with the more power they get because their heads get bigger and their co-conspirators become more in number. Ay, ay, ay. But here is an article written by someone else. This is a guy who I followed for a long time when I was a progressive. 
I don't follow him so much anymore because our politics have diverged a bit. Every once in a while, though, because he's a smart guy, he writes a good article on his blog. The blog is called The (laughs) The Rude Pundit. The Rude Pundit is actually Lee Papa, and he teaches at the uh, City University of of New York, Staten Island, which is my, my school, my college that I went to, alma mater. He teaches English there, I believe, and he also teaches theater. But he also writes this blog, which has been going on for years now, many, many years. 2003. Wow, look at that. 20 years, two decades. And on August 3rd, he wrote this article. It's titled, and this is what we talk about with with Trump saying the election was, was stolen and believing the election was stolen and all the fallacies and holes around that. It's titled, New Trump Indictment. Trump didn't give a solitary fuck about anyone but himself. One thing that always bugged the shit out of me with the reaction of Donald Trump, who was really president of the United States for a weird fucked up period of time, to the results of the 2020 election. It's something that has bugged lots of people and something that others have said but deserves to be stated again in this new post-third indictment context. Now it's four indictments, by the way. This was written two weeks ago. You can't keep up with these. So I'm not treading new ground when I say this. The easiest way to see that Trump knew that he lost the 2020 election is that he only ever says that his election was stolen. You see, if you give a single fuck about election integrity or some such shit, you'd have to insist that the whole goddamn election was screwed up and everyone who got elected did so unfairly, including any Republicans. But even in that case, you think that Trump would have made the play because Democrats kept the House and Senate. If the election was all kinds of fucked with cheating and machine hacks and shady workers, if Republican area ballots were stolen or Democratic area ballots were illegally cast multiple times, then that's a case you make. You'd say all of it was fucked, including local races, including ballot initiatives, the whole damn thing. Toss it out, do it again. By not insisting on these broad-based election shenanigans, but instead absolutely ignoring every other race, except for some late-in-the-game concerns about the Georgia Senate races, Trump and his legal team were saying something that was simply impossible. If Trump votes were thrown out, then that meant other votes were. But Trump insisted that some people just voted for president and nothing else. Indeed, he insisted that dead people voted for Joe Biden and no one else. But there was no evidence of that. It would have had to be a massive fraud scheme with precise details and many different ways of going about it. Overvoting for Biden in some places, ignoring Trump votes in others. You have to be fucking deranged or, you know, the stupidest of MAGA cretins, which is not a high bar to clear in order to believe that you could commit fraud with such precision on such a broad scale. Yeah, the easiest fucking thing would have been for Trump to say the whole election was fucked and that he was standing up for everyone, every single candidate, every single voter. But Trump's poisonous narcissism would not allow that. It was about him and only him and fuck everyone else. The only votes that mattered were the ones for him. All of the votes were worthless. Special counsel Jack Smith points this out in the indictment when he discusses Trump's dotish attempts to get Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to find one more vote than needed to cover the spread between him and Biden. 
That came after George's Bureau investigation said it was examining all such claims and finding no merit to them. If the allegations of election fuckery couldn't be proven, then fuck it, Brad. Just fucking lie about the votes. That's proof right there that Trump knew he lost. Because again, that's not what you do when you think something terrible has happened to the nation. It's when you don't want something terrible to happen to you. If you are defending the right to vote, you don't ask the Georgia Secretary of State to find just enough votes for you to win the state. Again and again, what comes through in the indictment, as it did in the report of the January 6th committee, is that Trump and his lackey, lawyer lackeys and lackspittles, lickspittles, all thought that Democrats are simply not valid as voters or indeed as citizens. In fact, no one is really truly American unless they support Donald Trump and will be willing to go to the barricades for him, quite literally, on January 6th, 2021. You are someone who is just trying to count votes. Fuck you. You're part of a conspiracy. You're a Republican elections official certifying votes that show Trump lost. Fuck you. You're a rhino. You're a judge who rules that reality is actually real. Fuck you. You're a deep state puppet. What Smith has done is say there is one clear fucking reason for all this, and his name is Donald Trump. You either can believe that thousands of people were involved in a massive virtually undetectable effort to steal the election, or you can believe that Donald Trump lost and couldn't fucking handle it because he knew that his criminal ass was exposed. And Smith is rightfully aghast that it was the motherfucking president of the motherfucking United States who committed all these acts. Think of how fucked it all is. Take one example. Think of how many people degraded themselves for him, throwing themselves into committing crimes at his crude bidding through screamed speeches and hysterical tweets. Think of the lives destroyed just by listening to this prissy bourgeois orange pig man. Check out this paragraph on the false electors scheme. On the same day as the legitimate electors voted, at the direction of the defendant and co-conspirator, Trump, co-conspirator one, which we know is Rudy Giuliani, Trump and big tits Giuliani, (laughs) as the rude pundits puts it, fraudulent electors convene sham proceedings in the seven targeted states to cast fraudulent electoral ballots in favor of the defendant. They got state officials involved in it. Now, I'm no fancy shitheel attorney clawing at Trump's wallet pocket, but that's not First Amendment shit. That's broke the fucking law shit. Trump didn't care, man. Trump didn't care what people were being induced to commit crime. Trump didn't care that he was inspiring violence as long as they were doing it for him. Shit. That just shows they're good Americans. And also, in the end, at its climax, it was a Hail Mary pass, a long shot. And he sat there for hours, willing to see if those motherfuckers really got it done for him on January 6th. Yeah, we're grateful for those who didn't allow themselves to be sucked into Trump's fantasy maw. And yeah, it's all well and good that people like Attorney General Bill Barr resigned rather than participate in the dicking over of the American people. It's fine that Vice President Mike Pence realized that his ass might be in a world of shit if he didn't certify the election and stuck to Trump. But it's not fucking fine that they stayed pretty damn quiet about how Trump was wrecking the joint until fairly recently. Barr and Pence and so many others who flinched at the end won't be charged with crimes. But they are guilty for putting the country in this fucking bind, for abetting a louche loser as long as they did, riding his flabby coattails until they finally frayed too much for them. 
They let him shit all over the nation repeatedly and wiped his ass and said he could load up on fast food and do it again. Yeah, Trump, that rancid garbage dump of a human needs to be jailed. But the stench from him will permeate us for the rest of most of our lives. The derangement will take a generation to phase out. It all starts with Trump finally being punished. And truly, it looks like he really might be. That's just pure brilliance from the Rude Pundit. Once again, rudepundit.blogspot.com. August 3rd, 2023, new Trump indictment. Trump didn't give a solitary fuck about anyone but himself. And he, the points he makes are, are true. That this whole idea of, if you truly believe, this is why I totally disagree that Trump believed the election was stolen. It was all about him just pretending it was stolen, trying to steal it back. That's what he was trying to He was trying to steal the election. He didn't believe it was actually stolen. He just wanted to show he couldn't lose. The great narcissist Trump can't lose. He had planned all along to do this if he didn't win, you see. He had planned all along to do this if he didn't win. So this goes to that mindset, and the Root Pundit attacks that. Lee Papa attacks that. That if you truly believe that the election was stolen, you believe it was stolen for everybody. People vote for everything. They don't just vote for president. Like Lee Papa says, they vote for all these other offices too. House, Senate, everything. So you would say, wait a minute, how did they do that? How did they separate? How did they finally separate the votes from all these other offices and president? And only, oh, it was only, only stolen from me. Everything else was legitimate. If you truly believe the election was stolen, you say we have to do a do-over. All of these people got fucked, not just me. But he knows he's full of shit. It's only about Donald Trump. He didn't believe the election was stolen. He had to do this because he lost. And Donald Trump can't just lose because fucking sociopathic narcissist can't lose. So if he had to steal it, if he had to put in fake electors, if he had to overturn it in order to win and not lose, that's what he was going to do. It's not that he thought the election was stolen. He was fucking pissed that he lost. Everything's about him. How's the election stolen from him, but not any of the down ballot people? How do they do that? How do they separate those votes? How did they, sep they separate those votes in seven or eight different states? Where did they do it? With a, a, a pin and needle? How did they do it? Of course it makes no sense, because the election wasn't fucking stolen. He just had to act like a belligerent piece of shit. He did it for himself, not because he felt the election was stolen, that the electoral process is rigged, and he had to stand up for the electoral integrity. If you believe that, you are a fucking idiot. There's no nice way to say it. You're a fucking idiot if you believe that about Donald John Trump, knowing what you know and what we all know about Donald John Trump. And you better get your fucking shit together. Thank you, Lee, Papa, the Root Pundit. Like I said, we have parted ways politically on a lot of issues. I'm no longer 
the progressive that he is, but he's absolutely right. You need to be able to do that. You need to be able to say, you know, people who don't you agree with politically, people of a different party, a different point of view, sometimes they will write things that make perfect sense. Sometimes your sensibilities will meet. All right. There was something else I wanted to look up here. There's a story. Oh, yes. Okay. So now there's rumors that uh, he wants to be in the debate next week, a week next Wednesday. What next Wednesday is the debate. So if he enters the debate, which I be- always believed he would, let's put it this way, even if for some reason he doesn't enter this one, he will enter the next one. If he decides to enter this one last minute, it'll be because he'll say to his cult, oh, I have to, I have to defend myself from horrible Christie and DeSantis. Um, and if he doesn't enter this one, he'll enter the next one simply by saying he watched the first debate and they attacked him and he needs to be able, you know, either way, he'll say it's for self-defense reasons. So he's going to have to sign that loyalty pledge. And him not signing that loyalty pledge, of course, is ridiculous. It's asinine. In other words, if you know you're going to win, right, even though you're putting out all these, we know all these polls are fake, right? We know Michael Cohen admitted to putting together fake polls for him uh, back in 2018. So we know these polls are fake because everything about Donald Trump is fake. But if you truly believed that you were the winner, which he doesn't, but if you truly believe you're the winner, what do you do? You sign the paper because you're not going to have to worry about it anyway, right? Um, So he's full of shit in that regard. Also, I mean, could we believe Trump even if he did sign the paper? I mean, it's perfectly in Trump's personality to sign the paper and then say, he signed it hoping the election wasn't stolen. And of course, when he loses, he can never lose. So the election was stolen. So he's not going to abide by what he signed. Um, and so, but he will have to sign it if he decides to, if he decides to debate. And his reason for the cult, to the cult, for signing it is, is that he has to be able to defend himself. And this is the only way he's able to defend himself on the stage. So a week to go before the debate, and we still don't know if Donald Trump is going to be there or not. But it puts him, it puts the RNC in the bind because are they going to, you know, allow him to debate if he doesn't sign it? Now, Ronna McDaniel says no. It's the beat Biden pledge and everyone has to sign it. We're not going to change the rules just for one candidate. All the other candidates who are on that debate stage have, you know, signed it. So that would be interesting to see how that plays out. But once again, as I said on this show many times, it would not shock me at all if Trump decides last minute to debate or at some point will debate because he cannot, he doesn't have the discipline of all people. Donald Trump does not have the discipline to stay at home and watch them go after him and criticize him. And he can't defend himself. He can't throw out insults and so on and so forth, like he did so often during the 2016 debates. So, um, you know, there's that.
Now, I think the people in 2016, he felt that he could run roughshod over them. He doesn't feel he can do that to Chris Christie and especially Ron DeSantis. Because remember, in 2016, remember his his reason for not debating now is he's so far ahead, he, he doesn't have to. Of course, all bullshit, he's not. But in 2016, as that, you know, as the um, primary went on, he was really, literally, figuratively pulling ahead. It was real, right? And he still debated because he knew he could just embarrass all those other people. He knows he can't do that this time, especially to Christie and DeSantis. So he's afraid to uh, debate. And so he's going to send his, if he doesn't debate, he's going to send his people there to spin what happens on the stage after, right? To make up fake stuff the way they've made up these fake polls. This recent polls, it's really interesting how <laughs> supposedly in Trump's fake polls, it just happens to work out this way, of course, that Trump is way ahead. And DeSantis isn't even second anymore. It's like Vivek and Christie are taking over. Yes, Vivek Ramaswamy and Chris Christie are polling higher than Ron DeSantis. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, and Trump won the 2020 election too. But in these fake polls, He's showing DeSantis as being like a uh, in the single digits, right? Yet for some reason, why does he keep going after Ron DeSantis, asking him to drop out? Wouldn't you ask your closest competitors? Wouldn't you go after them? Why isn't he going after Vivek? Why? Why wouldn't you go after the second place person? Why would you go after the fourth place person? Why ask the fourth place person to drop out when they're obviously no longer a threat? Why wouldn't you go after the second place person to drop out so you can have the nomination? You see, it's all bullshit. We know when we add the two and two and two together, you get six and you get Trump as a total fucking con artist. Everything about him is a con artist. And if you look at some of these fake polls from a lot of these firms that no one has ever, how odd that we're hearing of firms all of a sudden now in 2023 that we've never heard of before in polling history <laughs> as a poll 200 people 200 people <laughs> it's idiotic totally idiotic um yet he knows that the left-wing media wants him to be the nominee the fox news people want him to be the nominee all for their own selfish reasons the democrats know he'll lose the republicans know he gets ratings so on and so forth They'll run with these. So he creates, he has people, he has co-conspirators, just as Michael Cohen said he was a co-conspirator on creating fake polls in, in 2018, 2019. He's got co-conspirators faking the electors for him, making fake electors, trying to overturn the election. He's got co-conspirators now who are making up fake polls and feeding them to the media who <laughs> slobber them up because they're worthless scumbags. But in his actions... He shows us what's really going on in his constant going after Ron DeSantis. If you're so far ahead of everyone, why would you bother talking at all about any of them? Why not just, hey, you're so far ahead of everybody. Why not just start tweeting about every great thing you're doing is when you're, <laughs> when you're elected president? <laughs> it's hilarious to think about. Uh, yeah, elected president again. Why, why not, you know, why isn't, wait a minute. You know who he's not going after? Joe Biden. Uh, I know that uh, Dr. Santos goes after Biden more than uh, Trump because that's who his opponent, his real opponent is going to be Biden, not Trump. But why isn't Trump going after Biden? If he has the primary one, 
Why bother talking about the sanctimonious or Vivek Ramasurasi or Chris, Fat Chris Christie talk about Biden? Because he's your opponent really now, isn't he? But he's not. He's going after Ron DeSantis and Ron DeSantis and Ron DeSantis and Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is the one who's going to defeat him. And he knows it. Just look at the actions that you have to look at. Look at the actions, not the polls, fake polls, not what the fake news media says. That's the funny thing about the Trumpers, right? That the elections itself are rigged and the fake news media goes along with the rigging, right? But the polls are totally accurate. And that fake news media, those polls they're reporting are real news. (laughs) All of a sudden, it's not the fake news media when it comes to polls. It's real news. These people are kind of despicable in how disgustingly hypocritical they are and contradictory. There's nothing consistent about them. There's nothing intelligent about them. It's like low IQ slobs. And they they just push out garbage and bullshit and bile over and over again. And they expect people like myself, people with a, a brain and a high IQ, especially political IQ, to, to fall for it. When it's all baloney, there's no truth to any of it. The truth is, this is a two-person race, Trump and DeSantis, and on a almost minute-by-minute basis, Ron DeSantis is gaining on him. Minute-by-minute basis. Ron DeSantis, there are people at homes right now as I speak, in their homes, who have changed from Trump to DeSantis as I speak. Who knows in the 90 minutes of this show, since the show started, how many people have changed their minds. But this is a minute-by-minute process. And that process is going to speed up exponentially come next week when the, uh, when the debates start. So when you see Trump attacking DeSantis, you know that's the enemy, that's the threat. That's the enemy, not Vivek or Christie or Biden. It's Ron DeSantis. And I can only imagine, as these real polls that they're getting, the, the internal polling, as it looks worse and worse for Trump, as he has dropped in New Hampshire and plummeted in Iowa, he'll do exactly what he tried to do after the 2020 election. He'll ramp it up. He'll ramp up the, the uh, well, with the election is criminal. I guess fake polls are not criminal, but uh, maybe they should be. I think it's election interference, right? Isn't Trump always screaming about election interference? But I guess fake polling, making up fake polls is not election interference, huh? But this is what he does. He ramps it up. He'll ramp it up. You'll see more and more of it. More and more of his lackeys, also known as co-conspirators, shitting on themselves to him, giving up any kind of self-worth they had left for this bloated pig of a man. Imagine how low you have to be to do that. To give it all away for this, I, 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 that's what I don't get. It's not like they're giving it all away for a good-looking young person, someone with like a a, a a long career ahead of them. I don't get it. I don't get it. He's a fucking ogre. He's a grotesque, elderly beast of a person. Why would anyone? What would anyone lay it all on the line for him? 
and yet they do. Eventually, they all come to regret it. We know that, like Mike Cohen and Scaramucci and all the people Trump hired when he was president and then he fired or they quit or they wrote books after. They all come to the realization that, my goodness, we never should have done this. Why did we do this? But they do it, and he finds new people to do it. I'm guessing they're not really – they don't have any, any, any self-worth when they, when they take him on. I, I guess what, when they do shit for him, I guess they just don't have any self-worth. So they feel this is the best they could do, right? He's Trump, right? So I don't know. I guess that's the only reason I can come up with. But they regret it eventually, and the smart ones get out as quickly as possible and try to reestablish, revamp their reputations as quickly as they can. And some go down with the ship, right? And we're seeing that with a lot of this 2020 stuff. Those, for the 2020 co-conspirators like Rudy Giuliani and Eastman and Ellis and Stallings and all those people, Stalling Smith, it was too, it's too late for them now. It's too late for them. But I guess they can flip on him, and I'm sure many of them will. I don't know what their end will be. It's not a good one either way. But... For them, it's kind of too late now, right? But for a lot of people, it's not too late. You know, the smart ones got out early, right? Think about that, like the like the Cohens, right? Think about Cohen, who had his own issues, went to jail, right? Scaramucci, but Cohen didn't go to jail for a very long time. But think of what would happen if guys like that stayed with him. They could be listed in these indictments in Georgia, right? They their names could be on this, but they got out early enough. They got out early enough. The lucky ones seem to get out before it's too late. All right, let me see if there's something else I wanted to. I remind everyone, go really go to the rude pundit, rudepundit.com.blogspot.com. Um and uh Mr. Lee Papa and read some of his stuff. You might agree with more than I do, but the one on the on the Trump indictment about Trump knowing, obviously knowing that he didn't win that election and only caring about himself. I think that's a, a great column. So that's why I had to I read the whole thing. I might even do it again in the near future because it's so good. Okay, I think we're going to end there. Uh, there might have been a couple of other things I wanted to cover. We have tomorrow and also and also Friday also. All right. So the name of this show is in Let's Be Heard. It airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. So I'll see you right back here tomorrow night. Until then, this is Mike Kachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it. <laughs>